Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Connecticut Scoreboard Podcast. On today's episode, I talk with Tim Restall, president of the Hartford Yard Goats. With the team recently completing their second season at Dunkin' Donuts Park in Hartford, we talk about the team's move from New Britain to Hartford, the impact the team and stadium have had on the community, and we find out if Tim prefers the beer bats or the glazed and grazed burger. Hope you enjoy today's episode. Get started. I, this is a question I really pose to, to everyone who's come on the podcast so far. Why don't you tell us a bit about your background uh, and how you got to your role here in Hartford? So I got into the the way I got into baseball is I got in through the food and beverage side. So growing up, I'm originally from New Hampshire and worked at an amusement park called Canopy Lake Park, very similar to Lake Compounds in the area. And uh, worked there through high school, through college. When I was done with college, uh, got a full-time job and really had worked uh, in the amusement park business and more, a lot of like Disney training and, a lot of, you know, seasonal business, you know, would we, we would fire up it in April and we go through till about September. So very similar to the baseball schedule. And one day I was uh, in the office reading an industry magazine and there was a, a position that opened up for the director of food and beverage for the West Michigan Whitecaps, which is a single A team in Grand Rapids, Michigan. And part of the ad caught my eye, you know, I said I had to be able to you know, stand on your feet for 12 hours a day. And I laughed and I said, that's, you know, that's nothing compared to what we do in the amusement park business. So I ended up um, applying and, and falling in love and moving to, you know, the, the Michigan area worked out there for four years uh, and then got a chance to come back to New Hampshire when um, the New Hampshire Fisher cats announced it was moving to town. And so I, Ended up working for the team in New Hampshire, uh, building that ballpark, getting that up and running all under the food and beverage side of the business. And then in 2013, I had the chance to uh, come down to New Britain and uh, work for the uh, Rockets and run that. So that's sort of a little snapshot of how I got into the business. From New Britain, and so New Britain was great. It was a very nice ballpark, great community, great, great history with the team being around for you know 20 some odd years and. You know, um, you know, really, you know, being able to come in and, you know, the first year I worked with Bill Dowling, who was, you know, the president for the, the team for so many years and introduced me to community members and, you know, talk about, you know, what the Rock Cats have done for, you know, the community for all those years. And and then when the team got announced, it's, it's funny because, you know, from ballpark to ballpark, it was 12 miles away but you thought we were moving to an entire different state based on reaction. So, you know, up in New Hampshire, I drove 12 miles to get, you know, a gallon of milk, you know, never mind, you know, visit, you know, go to a different ballpark. So, um, you know, it was, um, you know, not everyone embraced this change and, you know, can understand it. And, you know, but it was, um, you know, it was a, obviously it was a very good move for the organization and, you know, the whole rebranding, there's not many times in minor league baseball that you can go through a rebranding where you create a name and a logo and, you know, uniforms and merchandise and all that stuff. And uh, that was a lot of fun to, to go through that. Plus the, you know, help with the design of the ballpark and, you know, create different areas and 
signage opportunities and in between inning promotions and community programs. So it was a, it was a great opportunity for myself. I was first off excited when, when the move was announced to move to Hartford. I, I've been really waiting for Hartford to pick up, uh, you know, in terms of entertainment for people my age, uh, you know, for millennials and have things to do. So I was certainly excited about it. And, and I am interested uh, to hear a little bit more about this rebranding talk. What was that like, uh, you know, from your process and your role within that rebranding process and coming up with the name, you know, helping to design the ballpark, logos, all, all that stuff, um, you know, is interesting to me. Yeah, absolutely. So when, you know, when you look at a team and what, what it means, there's so many different ways to identify a team. And so we said, you know, let's do a name the team contest. So we, we put that out there. We had about, I think 6,000 submissions, um, you know, that people would, you know, send in names different what they thought were names of the team. Some I, some I could, you know, I can't say because of how rude they were. Others, you know, uh, were great. And there was a group of four people, four um, individuals that would review the list every, every, every day for the, I think it was open for about two weeks. And they would, you would take, you know, you'd get the, the latest Excel, Excel spreadsheet at the end of the day and go through and look at all the different names. And we always knew we wanted, you know, a, a two name team. So like when you think of the Akron rubber ducks or the Richmond flying squirrels, we always wanted a two name, two name to the team because it, it, it was just, it does, it goes better with branding. It's not just something it's, you know, it's, it's something doing something. So we were always looking at that. And I want to say there was probably about four or five days left in the name, of the team contest when yard goats came in and that was two of us. We had picked up on, um, on yard goats and we said, Hey, listen, this, this should make our top 10. So, um, you know, we had great names from, you know, the praying mantis to the river hogs to the, uh, whirly birds to the hedgehogs to you know there was a, a bunch of different names that we had so um what we did is we had we announced our top 10 which uh yard goats got the most attention because obviously a goat no one thinks of as a, a team mascot as a goat and then we um we had our voting for the top 10 names and we had 35,000 votes casted uh, for the name, the team contest. And, um, we, you know, we even put in the, uh, the rules that the voting may or may not, uh, be, you know, associated with the winning, the winning team. Um, you know, because when the yard goats was such a, I guess, so, radical to the thinking process because typically in my in minor league baseball or any type of thinking that uh for a name of a team you always have a we all have conservative thoughts so you know we think senators or we think capitals or things that are very you know vanilla yeah and yard goats is by far vanilla um you know i always say it's like you know it's like Rocky road with a little vodka and, you know, like, you know, comparing the names. So it's, um, so we announced the team and we, we announced we were the yard goats 
and probably at that point we were the most hated uh, people in the state of Connecticut. Everyone hate, everyone hated the name, and we purposely we did not unveil the logo. Yet, you know, a lot of teams nowadays will, uh, you know, when you become and become something, they'll unveil the logo. So there's the instantaneous association with it. Mm-hmm. We did not uh, because we were still in logo design. But also that you let all a lot of the negativity get out there. So there's a lot of people that were very, you know, upset with the name. And we got plenty of calls from, you know, uh, community members and, and people and, you know, political mem- you know, political folks that were calling and saying, you know, you don't know how bad you guys did with the name, the team contest. And, you know, the part that you, a lot of people forget is we're not um, – advertising to any of those folks about the name of the team. It's all about the kids. Yeah. And really that's the focus point that we put on. And, and a, you know, a seven-year-old is going to love to say yard goats and is going to, you know, love the, you know, wear the logo. So about, I think it was two months later, we announced, uh, we released the logo and um, we had merchandise on sale, and I think we broke the re- sales record for the most merchandise sold in 24 hours of an unveiling. I think within two weeks, we had sold to every state uh, in the country, and, um, you know, it was something that went, you know, went very wildfire. A lot of, you know, people liked the logo. People locally liked the logo because they embraced the whalers' colors. Yep. And one of the things that I always, I didn't, you know, because we, we had discussions of, you know, do we want to be our own identity with color scheme or do we want to pay homage to the whalers? And the, when we were going through the whole name the team, you know, uh, event and contest, we did a lot of research and, you know, can, you know, Connecticut has lost the whalers. It was ripped from them. It was, it was, you know, they lost the Patriots because the Patriots said they were coming and then they didn't. And so, you know, they're very passionate about their sports team. And we said, you know, this is going to be Connecticut's team and we'll pay homage to the Whalers. And when the logo came out, I remember, you know, some comments online and people say, well, that logo stupid. And then everyone that was a Whalers fan would say, well, if you think the Argos is bad, that means you think the Whalers are bad. And that part, that part, you know, was something that I was surprised with on how, how loyal the fans were uh, with regards to that. And uh, it may, it makes sense now, but did not see that coming. So it, we, we announced the logo and our merchandise has, has done very well. We're very, we have a great brand. We have a lot of fun. You know, you can say no goats, no glory on a t-shirt with a yard goat, or you can, you know, have party at the goat house and, you can incorporate goat into a lot of um, slogans and, and logos, which is, is fun to do. Did you was, was there ever any consideration in keeping the name and moving from New Britain to Hartford, or from the start was it always going to be a, a, a brand new identity with the move? <laughs> it it we thought it was always going to be a brand new identity. We because Hartford deserved its own identity. Yep. You know the the Rockcats, you know, had great tw- you know years of branding and establishment, and you know that that's that's important. But when you're starting a new brand, you, you want, you know, the experience of the yard goats is much different than the experience at the, you know, the rock cats. And so it was important to make sure that we were going to, you know, it was, you know, they, they played, they both play baseball. They're both affiliated baseball, 
but the experience at each location was so much different that we knew we had to have its own identity. Yeah, interesting. So kind of working our way towards this current day, we we just talked about what it was like to uh, create that logo and, and come up with the name. We all know about the the delays that came in with the opening of Dunkin' Donuts Park. I'm curious from your perspective because I think we've heard a lot from what the player from the players what it was like to play for a year on the road. Um, you know, from fans who traveled uh, to different stadiums to see them play. What was it like from your perspective? You know, in that uh, management position of you know having a year on the road uh, and not having a stadium to call home right away. So it was a lot more trying than I thought it would be. You know, when you, when you work in minor league baseball, your office is a ballpark. And so you're used to working, you know, games, which, you know, you show up at nine o'clock on a, on a Tuesday and it's a seven Oh five game. And then you work till, you know, about 1130. And then you do that you know, seven days in a row because that's what, how many games we play in a homestand. So it was pretty, you know, cause there was a lot of sit around and waiting. There's a lot of planning. So the part of it that obviously we weren't playing baseball, we weren't able to, you know, interact with fans and we weren't able to, you know, make memories and we weren't able to do all the things that we do on a daily basis at the ballpark. It was a lot harder on the staff than I thought, because, you know, we were getting home every night at four and we were, you know, having every weekend off because we were, you know, the team was on the road and we didn't have to, you know, pull the tarp and put it on the field or get up early to, you know, to, you know, um, uh, you know, get the uh, t-shirt, you know, launcher ready because we weren't launching t-shirts into the crowd. So it was a little harder on the staff than I, I thought it would be. Hmm. So now stadium's opened. Um, we just finished up the second season. The accolades for the park and for the team, you know, we, we've seen them all. How would you say things have gone uh, now that you've got a home for the over these past two years? Uh, has it kind of lived up to the expectations you thought you'd have when you made the move? It, you know, it, 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 the ballpark, absolutely. The ballpark is definitely, you know, we get a lot of, you know, great compliments on, you know, how easy it is to park and, you know, how affordable the tickets are and, you know, just the, the sight lines of the ballpark. The part that is really, I've been, I've been not shocked, but I didn't think would have as much of an impact is the, the amount of the compliments we get on our game day staff and our front office staff, you know, that they are so important to the, you know, execution of everything at the ballpark. And when you come to the ballpark and there, you're greeted by a, you know, someone on the back of their shirt, this is that they're a goat herder and, you know, you're welcome to Dunkin' Donuts Park and they have a smile on your face. And, you know, uh, you know, that those things right there, um, you know, I, as we were going through it, we never knew how, you know, magical that would be uh, like it is right now. And, you know, because you do the customer service training and you do all the things that you, you know, you, you know, you want the experiences for the fans to be. So making sure that the music is keyed up. So at, when there's a home run, it's the right music and it's the right graphics and it's all those things, you know, it's, it's, it's great to sit back after year two and look at how many of those things that we, that we did right, because we're constantly looking at fine tuning those items and making that experience that much better. Yeah. And in terms of the game experience, I I know you 
talked a bit earlier about the experience being different in Hartford than it was in New Britain. What would you say are some of the biggest differences or what you wanted to uh, see play out in terms of changing that experience, uh, you know, from the Rockets to the Yard Goats? Well, I mean, the ballpark is such a, you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a much closer, more intimate ballpark, um, you know, here, the, you know, whether you're, it's the 40 foot by 80 foot video board in left field, or it's, you know, sitting in the, um, you know, the better built basement dugout suite when you're actually sitting there, you're sitting closer to the batter than the, the than the pitcher is. There's so many experiences like that, uh, that look at, go through the ballpark and look at those areas. You'll see how, um, you know, how many different areas they are. Yeah. So, so let's talk a little bit about the baseball itself. What's it like having a team that's kind of saturated in the market with Yankee, Red Sox, Mets fans, uh, you know, in being that Rockies affiliate, um, I, I think a lot of people here in the Hartford area have kind of picked up the Rockies as a National League team to root for if they're not a uh, Mets fan uh, or a fan of another <laughs> National League team. Um, how would you say that move has gone over? It, it's it's good. You know, we don't we don't lead with baseball here. We lead with you know t-shirt toss. We lead with choppers and choo choo our mascots. So you know the baseball. And the baseball fan knows where we are and the quality of baseball that we have here. But, you know, at double A, it's a, you know, it, you know, minor league baseball is all about development. So it's about developing these players and to be major league players. And that's hard when you try to take a team and you want to take a winning approach to it because their goal is to get all the players to the major league level, not win a championship at the double A level. And so we we often will, you know, I'll I'll often say we forget that we play baseball here because we can't control it. Right. You know, it's all it's all underneath the Rockies, but you do see great prospects come through the league, and you know, you do we do have we've had major league rehabs here, and if you're a Red Sox fan, a Yankees fans, or a Mets fan, we have those affiliates that come through, and you get to see the future ones. Um, you know, future major leaguers come through Hartford, which is very cool. Um, but, you know, for regards with the Rockies, the Rockies are a great organization and um, they've been great to work with. But, you know, I, I don't know how many fans that will come through that will remember that, you know, Brendan Rogers was a, you know, a, um, you know, a shortstop for the yard goats mm-hmm. when he makes the major league, you know, the name might be familiar, but I don't know you know, the percentage that had come just to see him is probably, you know, a lot smaller than the one that came for John's birthday party where they got, uh, you know, they got to, um, you know, play catch on the field afterwards. Talking about kind of catering more towards some of those experiences and stuff, talk about the impact uh, you think the team has had on on the community in general uh, and in the Hartford area. Well, the the thing that was, you know, we were talking about this the other day is that we, you know, the year that we didn't play baseball every day, once a week, we took our entire staff, we went out to the community and we did projects. We talked about what we were going to do. And, you know, that was the part that we took an extra year to show that, but what some of our community programs that we've done have been really impactful. Like one of, one of them that we, you know, we're probably most proud of is we had a, uh, it's called the Harford Young Ambassador Program, where 25, um, you know, 
high school students from the city of Hartford came here for an after school program, learned financial responsibility, learned college readiness, learned about the business of baseball, and did this for, you know, I think it was 16 weeks in the off season where the, every Tuesday and Thursday they showed up. And then when they were done with the program, they actually got a job for the summer and worked at the ballpark in different capacities. So things, our programs, there's so many of them that we do now that, you know, whether it's our theater program where we work with a local school that, that doesn't have a theater, uh, a theater class. And we work with Hartford stage so that we, we perform uh, a theater class for several weeks at the ballpark. Um, our culinary program where we work with local Hartford restaurant owners to come out and teach a, a, cl- a class about 15 uh, kids from the, um, you know, the Metro Hartford area where they learn, learn how to cook. And they also get a chance to talk to a, a business owner that has started its own restaurant and just exposures like that. We have a lot, you know, it's, it's funny. A lot of our community programs have nothing to do with baseball because the ball, the ballpark is the hook. Baseball is the hook, but the, all the programs are based on other things besides baseball. Yeah. I, I think that's really interesting and something that I think some people might not be aware of, uh, you know, who are more focused on the baseball side or just who aren't, who aren't aware of the uh, initiatives you guys are doing. So it's great to see the uh, give back you guys are doing to the community. Um, one thing I, I found interesting uh, about minor league baseball in general is the uh, in-game promotions or the promotions for a game. You know, I know you guys have done the Whalers reunion. You've done nights where you've played as a different team name. What goes into the planning uh, for some of those uh, type of promotions? Um, when we, when we look at those different type of promotions, we will look at how is it going? What's the impact? What is it going to do? What is it going to be? You know, so like when we became the Hartford steam cheeseburgers, you know, that was, you know, we were looking at what's a food item that represents Connecticut well, and what's from Connecticut. And when you think of Connecticut food, there was three that we really thought about that we were the, um, was, you know, pizza, you know, from New Haven, lobster rolls from the seacoast and steamed cheeseburgers and steamed cheeseburgers. We said, listen, that's something that is unique to Connecticut. It, it will showcase very well and we can have a lot of fun with it. And when we say a lot of fun, meaning we can create different hats and uniforms and different theme nights, different uh, in-between inning promotions different you know um you know music for the video board we really have a roadmap as we put together these different promotional nights and the different ways that it will affect the game so you know whether it's you know we do a star wars night and instead of the players swinging a bat they're swinging a lightsaber or we have what if night if what if we weren't the yard goats but we were the the whirly birds and we will have a mascot that is a, you know, is a bird named Twirly that will come out to a game. So there's so many things like that that we'll look at and we'll see how do we, you know, what is the the game plan from, you know, the time we announce it to the time that that first pitch is thrown to the end of the game and how do we make the theming go all the way through. There's a lot of detail that goes into it to make sure that the experience is good. You know, you don't want to do anything halfway we always want to do it all the way but we also want to 
take the approach that when someone sits in their seat and they see something and they hear something, they say, wow, like that's, you know, that's, um, you know, instead of the baby goat race, it was the, the baby, you know, burger race, the slider race where they were running around in, in small burger costumes. So a lot of details that go into it that with, you know, our great staff, there's a lot of planning and, and thought process and how do we make it work, um, behind the scenes yeah what, one thing that that i find interesting is your focus you know really on on planning for the event of coming to the ballpark the experience there where the baseball sometimes comes secondary and then getting the involvement of the players in that who are obviously there first and foremost for baseball and developing you know to head up to the major leagues how receptive are the players usually to these type of promotions are these things they're you know eager to participate in you got to pull some legs how, how does that usually work the, well, you know, the, all the players are, you know, very supportive. Some are more engaging than others. You know, they, you know, you know, when we were at the steam cheeseburgers, they were wearing cheeseburgers on their head as their hat. Basically, that's what it, it looked. It's a 360-degree hat that has, like, a cheeseburger uh, graphic on it. So some embraced it. Some wore it because that was the uniform. Um but, you know, we'll always get, you know, four or five players every year that will really, you know, be really into it and be willing to, hey, I'll do a video board commercial for this or I'll do a, you know, a pre-recorded uh, contest where I can, you know, answer these questions. And, you know, they, they, they get some get behind, but some of them are, you know, more focused on just what they're doing, you know, and not, you know, that's all they that's what they really focus on. Yeah. So. As we kind of get towards the end of our time here, I just kind of want to wrap up uh, with some quick hits from you. Do you have a favorite moment? And I'm going to say outside of the opening of Dunkin' Donuts Park, do you, do you have a favorite moment uh, in the ballpark so far to date? Yeah, um, I have two favorite moments. Uh, yeah, besides besides the opening day, the opening day obviously is is one of them, but not these two. The one, the one from last year was there was a um a walk off in the ninth inning uh that uh dylan thomas hit a home run to right field and i remember walking on the concourse and seeing it and how electric this ballpark was um and how exciting it was um to work and that was you know it was really you know i call magical moments because that was something that you don't see 6,000 people cheering every single day. And when a player hits a home run to right field to win it in the ninth inning, that's, that's what baseball is all about. You know, I wish we could capture that essence of, you know, the baseball every single game, but, but we can't, and that's, that's okay. The, the other event that we did is there was an, a called a, we call it disability dream and do, and it was through the Dave Clark, uh, foundation who works with Dave Stevens and it's a program where they, it was a baseball clinic for, um, uh, kids with special needs. And we did it on the field and the entire team signed up for it. And we, there's like, they call it the high five home run. And at the end of the game, the, all, you know, the players are on the outfield and a kid goes up and he hits off the tee and runs around the bases and gives a high five. And so those experiences that we made that day uh, that 
kids got to go out in the field. They got to participate with players and, you know, learn to you know, hit a soft baseball or how to catch a baseball, whatever the case it is. That, ex- those exper- that experience will, will last a lifetime with everyone that was involved with that program because of all the smiles that were put on the people's on the, on everyone's faces. So it was one of my, my favorite event from this year by far. That's great. And another quick hit before we let you go, and especially coming from your background in food and beverage, I know we've had some interesting food and beverage items at Dunkin' Donuts park. Do you have a, a favorite? So the one that we did this year is, I don't know if you saw the, the beer bath. Yeah, I did. Yeah. Those are great. Yeah. That, that's my favorite just because that came from um, just talking with a local company that's from Hartford. You know, they, they said, listen, we, we take a different approach to designing cups. We, we get architects involved. And that was one that we, you know, on, on several conference calls, we talked about it, came up with an idea and then we were able to do it. No other mind, no other baseball team had done that before. And so for me, that was something that, you know, you, you think about how do you, um, you make impacts in, in the business and in, in the game. And that was one that was by far my favorite. I mean, you know, I, I love seeing people, you know, the first year eat the, the BLTDD, which is bacon, lettuce, tomato on two glazed donuts. And we have, um, you know, a, the, the grazed and gla- grazed and glazed, glazed and grazed, which is a half pound all beef hamburger with, uh, spring greens, goat cheese between two glazed donuts. So those are two fun, those are fun, fun foods, but my most favorite is the beer bats. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that's cool. And it's cool to have the Connecticut connection there too, with the uh, cups made. So really going full circle with the uh, community involvement and I'll get you out of here on this one. Uh, I saw on social media this past week, you guys have already pl- started planning for 2019. Uh, anything you could give us to look forward to for next season? Nothing yet, but like the part that we always work on is that you you always want to create more reasons for people to come back to the to the ballpark more times and times again. So it'll be something that as we get into February when we start announcing a promotional schedule, I think that you know everyone you know said well you know year two you get the sophomore slump and you know you, you might you know change a little bit but we 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 did really well this year so year three will be even better awesome tim thanks so much for joining us on on the podcast and for everyone listening uh make sure you start marking off dates on your calendar i know the schedule's already out for 2019 so if you haven't already been out to dunking Donuts park make sure you you make it out there next year so tim thanks again for uh joining us today thanks for having me on